The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here. Your business name here and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. Make your bed day on the most disturbingly unprovocative episode of the Winefellers ever. During this episode, we will meet Dr. Tom Lutz of Repour Wine Saver. Repour Wine Saver is a special wine stopper that absorbs the oxygen inside your previously opened wine bottle, thereby preserving the freshness of your wine. So now, you can nurse on that same wine bottle for years, perhaps decades. Tom Lutz is coming on during the first half of our show. During the second half, it's a Winefellers special event. Join us as we discuss what is widely considered to be the worst effect of drinking too much wine. That's right, regrettable impulse purchases made online. All this, a fabulous wine tasting, some more ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives, and a super secret surprise guest. All right here on an ointment oozing, obviously infected episode of The Winefellers. But first, what are we drinking today, Mark? Hey, Joe. <laughs> hey, my friend, my feller. 
if it wasn't for the fact that I saw you earlier this afternoon, I would say that I have not seen you for <laughs> ever. But we did. But we did. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing uh, well. I'm like, uh, I'm so, uh, every every show, uh, I, I don't want to cheapen it by saying uh, that I'm so happy to be here. I feel like uh, a new man uh-huh. every time I'm on the show. Right. But uh, that's exactly what's going on right now with me. Well, I really think this is going to be the best show ever. Uh, yeah. Because. Like, <laughs> like every show. Because we have a super secret surprise guest coming on later. An SSSG. Super secret surprise guest. And you will, I just can't, I can't believe he's coming on later. <laughs> I, I have no idea. You'll just have to is. wait. But. Even which is almost as incredible. Today is National Make Your Bed Day. Yeah, what's up with that? Well, if not in the routine of making your bed, use National Make Your Bed Day as an opportunity <laughs> to start this healthy habit, especially in small children, to last a lifetime. What is this put on by like the Mattress Association of America? This is a real day. This is oh my god. This is. You know, this is uh, uh, something that happens, and so I thought I saw this on uh, I saw this on the Google, and I thought, well, this is something we should talk about because this is something s- sleeping for extended periods, maybe too long, is something that's close to my heart. Uh, well, yeah, but look here, uh, National Make Your Bed Day. I I think that it could be argued that not making your bed is a form of making your bed. Well, I think those at National Make Your Bed Day Foundation oh, those, that is, would disagree. That <laughs> but, um, I wonder if there's an anti-Make uh, Your Bed Day. That's tomorrow. <laughs> but, so today we have an excellent uh, wine pairing. We have a 2007 El Nido from Spain. It's mm. a Cabernet Sauvignon blend. It's a beautiful wine. And uh, if you'll try it now, it's a, and uh, gosh, mm. look at that. What do you see there? What does it look for you? What well, look for you uh, obviously, uh, just picking it up here, we've got this just rich, dark purple color to it. Isn't it? It's uh, a beautiful color. Now, um, you know, I'm smelling this here. I'm getting I'm getting uh, some fruit, some prune, right? It's just some ripe mm-hmm. prune there. Nice mm-hmm. dry wine. A little bit dry on the tongue. I like yeah, that. Like, what's your take? Yeah, I agree. It's almost like, it's so dense. It's almost like. Like a port-like wine. Yes, it's a pretty strong wine. Sounds, but um, kind of perfumey. It's really powerful. It's a really, it's a good wine. It's a, one of the better wines from Spain. And so, 2007 El Nido. Is, give it a try. If and if you are uh, playing along at home, open up yours. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> um, on National Make Your Bed Day. Yes. I mean, so we've we've got our wine. Yes. We've got our unmade bed. So, you know, if you're at home, drink wine in your unmade bed. Um, or make it and, and sit on top of it and drink your wine, I think is what they so prefer you do. There's still time, right? I I think it, any any time today you can make your bed. Oh, yeah. Isn't any that right? T- well, I mean, um, any time, like, you could make it right now. You haven't missed the opportunity. That's correct. So usually when I, uh, what I do is I have to let my dogs out during the day. Gotcha. And when I come home during the day, like around 12 o'clock, that's when I make my bed. Who wants to make their bed first thing in the morning? Nobody. I love to wake up and do a chore. That's, you know, like I know. It's <laughs> I'm gonna wake up and vacuum. Yeah. So no. Now that I think about it, the wine fellers officially <laughs> do not endorse make your bed day. It's a waste of time. All right. So don't go nowhere. You are listening to the wine fellers on WHUP. Doctor Tom Lutz of Repore Wine Saver is up next. 
right after a Winefeller's song exclusive. Small talk, we shared a kiss. Now I need penicillin and a urologist. Bought a swimsuit off a of Craigslist from the same guy who sold me a used mattress. Swam in a public pool and got in distress. Now I'm out some cash and I have an itchy rash. In no way could any of this be my fault. That would be at an injury to insult. CNN, Hillary, and Obama are behind this. Back by Mexico and of course George Soros. is the inventor and founder of the Repour Wine Saver, a revolutionary new wine preservation stopper. Repour is the first of its kind to use oxygen absorption in a stopper design to actively and continuously remove oxygen from the air in a bottle and from the wine itself. Prior to launching Repour, Dr. Lutz spent time working on products across a number of industries, Tom received a BS in chemistry and biology and math from Luther College in 2000. 
and went on to receive his Ph.D. in chemistry from the University of Wisconsin in 2005 and an MBA from Marquette University in 2009. Lutz lives with his wife, Michelle, and their two young children. Tom Lutz, welcome to a very special episode of The Wine Fellers. Dr. Lutz, are you there? Dr. Lutz. Are you there? Dr. Lutz? Well, <laughs> well, as uh, Joe tries to recontact Dr. Lutz, um, what I will do is uh, get him on the phone. Let's see if I can find him. And uh, sometimes this happens because this is live radio, and uh, sometimes we do have uh, equipment problems. <laughs> and do- we'll try one more time. Dr. Lutz, are you there? I am. Hello. Hey, oh, good. Look at that. All right. Uh, hey, Mark, I- I've managed to push the right button this time. All right. <laughs> I was sweating it there. How you doing there? Uh, very good. Very good. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so excited that you are on our show. In fact, I am sitting here in front of a Repour wine saver, Quantity 4, and I'm and uh, we've uh, opened it and we've uh, been trying it out. And, you know, we've had a lot of we have a lot had a lot of guests on the show, a lot of them who claim to be able to preserve wine through a variety of different methods. And I think there might be uh, no no uh, shortage of these invented inventions, maybe like a hundred or so. And, but <laughs> this one actually, on the face of it, seems to make the most sense to me. Can can you can you explain to our listeners, just in case we've uh, haven't done a good enough job of it, explain again what this product is and and how it works. So, uh, like a lot of the other gadgets and gimmicks that you've tried through the years, um, we are trying to actively preserve wine uh, that's been opened. Um, but we take a different approach. We're the first uh, preserver to actively absorb oxygen. So, most all other preservers that have come before us say oxygen is bad. We need to get oxygen away from the wine. We're going to displace the air away from the, the wine um, to get oxygen as far away as possible. But that doesn't get rid of the oxygen that's in the wine itself, and a lot of those displacement methods really don't get the oxygen levels down that low. Uh, oxygen in the air is about 21% oxygen, uh, and they're only able to get it down to a, still a, with a few percent left. So what we've done is uh, we've taken a, a, a chemistry um, that actively absorbs oxygen, tailored it specifically to the wine environment, uh, and in doing so, we're able to get oxygen levels down to literally zero. Um, and when I say literally zero, I mean less than 0.05 parts per million in the air and wow. less than 0.03 parts per million in the, in the wine itself. So literally below detectable limits from the equipment that we've been able to use. So just to back up, um, just a second, because for not all of our listeners not might not know this, that the enemy to wine or fine wine yes. is oxygen. And when uh, too much oxygen interacts with your wine over time, the wine becomes, quote, oxidized, and it begins not tasting so great. And it can happen within an hour. It could happen within a day. But it's, it's, it's uh, something that definitely happens to all wines, and uh, this is a proposed solution to that problem. Now, Dr. Lutz, what's fascinating to me is that you not only are tackling the problem of the oxygen in, a, in, a, in the bottle itself, in the airspace in the bottle, but also uh, you, you're removing what oxygen got into the, the wine itself, into the liquid. 
We are. And, you know, I, I affectionately call oxygen the frenemy of wine. It's a friend of wine. It, it, you know, it helps that, uh, uh, you know, the whole process of winemaking, it opens it up, it tastes great. But like you just said, a little too long of an exposure and it goes the other way and it turns wine into vinegar and makes it taste bad. Uh, and we, to get way down into the chemistry weed, there's a principle called Henry's Law. And basically what we're doing is we're not touching the wine. We're not doing anything to the wine inherently itself. But we're pulling all the oxygen out of the air. And in doing so, this chemistry principle called Henry's Law ends up reducing all the oxygen out of the wine as well. Basically, oxygen is kind of entering in and exiting the, a liquid all the time. And as we reduce the air oxygen, it, that balance gets lower and lower in the wine itself until because we're removing all oxygen out of the entire bottle, uh, saved bottle, we get rid of um, both the air and the wine dissolved oxygens. So presumably using ferrous iron oxides to reduce the oxygen in the bottle. Lucky guess, Mark. I'm just guessing. But so you're, I guess one question is, so you're creating. Wait, Mark. What? What? What was that? What did you just say? Ferrous iron oxide. Explain. Well, Dr. Letts. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that the secret sauce? Is that, is that what you're saying here, Mark? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yep. Yeah. We're utilizing kind of a it's a standard chemistry for food preservation. Actually, um, if you open a bag of beef jerky, you'll find uh, a similar type of a product um, that preserves uh, that bag of beef jerky until you're ready to enjoy it. We're we're using a, a structured uh, chemistry that's tailored for our environment, but it's kind of a similar basis as far as fundamental starting points. Correct. So one question I have is that when you know, I guess the proof is in the tasting. So have you actually done double blind tasting on wines that have been like the same wine that's been uh ha has used your product versus wine that hasn't in over time and, and how much time have you let go by and and what has been the results of that we have so i've done a bunch on my own just as early testing just to kind of convince myself that it worked and everything was going the right way but then i handed a bunch over to a bunch of stoppers uh, over to a certified sommelier who took it from there, ran an entire blind taste test with uh, six other people, four of which were certified sommeliers, um, and they ran it as a, a, a double blind. So he actually had wine, did four different varietals. Uh, some wines had been open for, well, on every single varietal we had a bottle that was open for three days um, and uh, stored with rapport a bottle that was open for 10 days in Stardust Report, and then a freshly opened bottle. So and all of them were, uh, I'm sorry? Oh, so what did that show? Go ahead. Um, and all of them were able to, you know, open up, aerate, kind of get that, um, the, the history um, out of them. Uh, and the blind taste tests were exceptional. We had um, great feedback across the board on the results. Uh, and uh, really, there was no distinguishable um, element between a, a bottle that was saved with rapport for either three or seven, uh, ten days for that matter, versus the freshly opened bottles. Now, you see, this is uh, another thing I want to remind our listeners about, Mark. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, uh, why is it important to uh, save the remaining wine in the bottle with, with another product, right? Like, uh, why... You know, some people would say, look, when I open a bottle of wine, I finish it that night. Right. right. But there are some, you know, lots of bottles of wine out there that whether it's a expensive wine, Mark, mm -hmm. right, that you may may want to savor over some time 
or even you know and i guess not not that much uh you know a bottle that's maybe on the cheaper side of things uh but mm-hmm. it may be like a magnum and you're not going to drink it uh right. all in one sitting i guess you could use it for that as well now uh dr lutz how long do these repour uh uh stoppers last we've taken some bottles of wine out to eight months uh, at which point they were tested and the wine was still exceptional. Uh, I have a couple long-term tests going right now that are uh, right at the year mark, uh, and we're going we're gonna to test those again here shortly. But, wow. you know, I'm not, I'm not inherently endorsing uh, that long, um, although, you know, weeks and months is very routine and very consistently producing exceptional results. So uh, an obvious placement for one of uh, your some repours would be restaurants, because often restaurants then open up their best bottles for customers who are having one glass because it's a great bottle and they're going to lose the rest of the bottle by pouring one glass. And is do you find, Dr. Lutz, that this is a possible solution to that issue at a restaurant? Good thought. We're, yeah, we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing a shift in behaviors both on the consumer levels that people are giving us feedback on as well as restaurants and bars. So on a consumer level, people are saying, uh, kind of to your point before, it's a Tuesday night. I want a nice glass of wine, but I don't know when I'm going to get back to it. I'm busy the rest of the week. I'm opening a nicer bottle of wine now because I know I can save it until I'm ready to get back to it, or I'm just opening a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And restaurants and bars are giving me very similar feedback. You know, we, we used to only offer wines by the glass up to $10, $12, whoever's right for their application, uh, and, or we only carried mainstream wines because, you know, what, you know, where we live, you know, it's the, if it's not a Cabernet or a, a Chardonnay, no one really recognizes it or, uh, from a mass appeal. So they're able to tailor wine programs specifically to what works best for them because each stopper carries all the preservation within itself. So they either decide to put a preserver on a bottle or they don't. There's no extra gadgets. There's no extra apparatuses. Right. Uh, so really, we're seeing this kind of um, custom design, I guess, if you will, based on what their application is. Now, once I'm finished with my bottle and I've pulled that cork out, the uh, repour cork, can I put that then in a different bottle? I mean, how many bottles can I do this with for one for one of the t- one cork? Yeah, so we, we affectionately say one stopper is good for one bottle of wine, and okay. I, I get this question a lot: is how how can you extend it beyond one bottle? So. Uh, fundamentally, um, there's enough oxygen absorption capacity to do 1,500 milliliters of air. Gotcha. And you might ask, why 1,500 milliliters? So if you think of a full bottle of wine consumed glass by glass, and you think of how much air was left if I corked it in between each one, it turns out to be about 1,500 milliliters of air. So that's how we design the stopper. And And people ask me all the time, how can I extend it past one bottle of wine? And I fully encourage and endorse um, ideas to try to figure out how to extend it. And I'm happy to share a couple of hacks that people have given me. We just don't formally endorse it because I want consumers to have the perfect experience. And we know when they use it on one bottle of wine, they'll have a great experience. What we don't know is the effect if they try to extend it to multiple bottles. Well, and I'm so I'm looking at the uh, the repour retail package here in front of us, mm-hmm. and you know one thing I just wanted to, to note was so this is um, for for our listeners who uh, aren't already online uh, reading about this. It's uh, what would you say, Mark? It, it almost looks like a uh, 
It's like a purple. It looks like it's a it's bullet. blue, right? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's resembles a wine cork, right? But it's um you know has a rubberized uh, some rubberized rings that you, I guess you can just work it down there into the the neck of the bottle and a pull lid where the uh, ferrous oxide. Yep, and I guess that's where you pull it open to activate the product. Right. Now, uh, Dr. Lutz, so I, I think it's actually a pretty elegant-looking design here. Did you go through many iterations when kind of uh, coming up with the, the color or the shape or any of these other qualities? Yeah, well, well first, thank you for the, the nice compliment. Uh, and we did. We spent about nine months going through a lot of iterations on all the little details. So... Uh, you, you look at all the different ribs on there, it's designed to fit in a, as broad of range of bottle sizes as we could find. I so we have yet to find a bottle that we don't fit in. Um, and you, you can see that in the design itself, just in that portion of it, for example. Uh, the, the color was really, you know, it's kind of a purple blue, depending on what light you end up in. Yep. Um, and it was really designed to try to work with all the different labels and just complement whatever bottle it goes on. So it would look nice behind a bar or in your home. So, Joe, so this, you know, as, yeah. you, as you know, we work at a wine auction house. Yes. And, you know, we have, it's fairly routine that we're selling, selelling bottles that go for 1000 1500 even $10,000 a bottle. Yes. And uh, if this is, could be a solution to being able to open up a very expensive bottle and nursing it over, you know, 10 days or whatever, yeah. I think um, it's, a, it's a solution I think would, uh, wine collectors would love. For, so the amount of money you would pay for it, it would be absolutely nothing for, you know, opening up a really nice bottle. I completely agree. Is this product, uh, Dr. Lutz, how's the reception been with, you know, are you getting this product on the shelves of uh, grocery stores and, and uh, wine shops that sell a lot of wine and, and kind of have this right there uh, in the aisle so, so people might learn about it? Or, or are people discovering this more of through uh, online uh, you know, reviews and, and discussion there? Yeah, to be honest, the reception has been absolutely phenomenal. And we're a little leery to get too fast into larger chains um, just to make sure that we can keep up with demand at this point. So we've only been selling since June. Um, so we've only been really selling for just over three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just kind of gauging how fast we should build our capacity to meet that demand that we're, we're gaining. So uh, we're in Brookstone, which is a, a national chain. Uh, and beyond that, we're selling in a lot of local, um, you know, kind of mom and pop uh, wine specialty shops. Uh, and then online as well, both via our website, uh, report.com and Amazon as well. So this is, might be a somewhat off-the-wall question, but you know, 0.05%, that's a pretty low oxygen percentage. Is it? I guess that's technically you're creating an anaerobic environment in the bottle. Is that, is that cause an issue? Is it could be a problem there, or is it just, that's just part of the game there? Yeah, the, the, the biggest question that we've, we've gotten uh, from, from some is in particular is, are you creating a, a reductive environment? And that's the first test question that they always run through when they do their own testing on it. Right. Um, and the general consensus is that that wine reductive um, technique, isn't because we're past the fermentation process, that's not impacting things at all. Uh, what we are seeing... Uh-oh. Yeah, we, uh... Mark, so from time to time here at the lavish WHUP studios, yes, uh, we... Uh, <laughs> we uh, seem to have lost Dr. Lutz Yeah, we, we lose our, um, our connection, Mark. But 
let's just say uh, this, you know, as to reiterate, we review tons of project, products on this uh, show and some we like more than others. But this one to me actually, I believe, has legs. This one seems to make a lot of sense. And so we're, uh, we have some of these and we're going to be trying them over time. And we'll let you know, we'll report back to you and tell you what you think. Uh, we do very much appreciate Dr. Lutz for coming on the show. He was a wonderful guest. And uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to uh, investigate getting a Repor uh, wine saver of your own, just go to uh, Repor.com. That's R-E-P-O-U-R.com and check it out yourself. Yeah, and we've got our own here, so we're going to do the same. Uh, conduct our famous wine feller's science experiments in uh, Winery 51. Uh, and we will get back to you climbing the Billboard Twitter Emerging Artists Chart this week to number 17. It's Fries from Five Guys, a wine feller's song creation. And it's if your Fortune 500 company is needing a jingle. Let the wine fellers write a song for you. Don't go nowhere. We will learn about the worst effects of drinking too much as well as meet our super secret surprise guest coming up next. Like the fries from five guys, I can 
song ever. It's a Weinfeller special event. It's a Weinfeller special event. It's, Wh- the, it's the most special event, event ever because we're about to introduce our most special guest we've uh, ever had on our show live. I can't wait. It is my mom. Yay, <laughs> mother! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that mom. This is an, this is the best surprise guest ever, Mark. Mom, who happens to be in the studio today because she couldn't return home because of the hurricane, we're so oh. glad to have her on the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Welcome. So, Mom, before we went on live on the air, you we, we were talking about making your bed, and today is National Make Your Bed Day, and you th- <laughs> thought you might, you were saying that you had something to say about Maybe my comment on making my bed. Oh, I would love to talk about making beds. I must say that Mark did make his bed every day because it was a rule in the house. The quality of the bed making was perhaps not up to standard, but it was done. And I have some information from the wife who says... It did not continue. I also know... The wife? (laughs) That. She's got someone on the inside, Mark. Visiting him at the university where he went to, can that be said? Sure. Was um, WashU, Washington University, Mm -hmm. where they filmed Animal House. That is the uh, (laughs) fraternity where I lived in. That's Mm -hmm. correct. Oh, wow. Does that give you any clue as to how he was living? <laughs> well, no. So Hale Ramos, who wrote uh, Animal House, went uh, to Washington University, and I was in the same fraternity, and actually lived in the same room as he, is what wow. mom is saying. So when mom and dad uh, dropped me off uh, for at uh, to live there, what did you see outside my door? 
a bat? No, there was a dead something. Oh, a dead something. I don't remember. <laughs> There's a dead squirrel outside. Oh, of our room. Right. <laughs> like so, in the hallway? Yeah, in the hallway. Oh, gee. But, oh, uh, yes. yeah, so she remembers that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so well, were, um, you, well, were you making your bed there? Oh, every oh, day. Oh, every day, I'm sure. <laughs> it was it was part of the fraternity house rules. Of course. So, Mom, we <laughs> and Joe. No, can I continue on the bed making? Yes, okay. I want to hear more bed making stories about Mark. How much time Mark. do I have? The oh, rest please. of the show. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you want to talk about the socks? Uh, yes, please. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> this is wonderful. This is, is going to hurt. Okay, Mom, yes. What were you talking about? Mark was born with a genetic gene that says you leave your socks wherever you take them off. Well, I do what? Leave my socks where? Wherever you take them off. In the outside, in the living room, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, in the basement. And so one day, because of my um, profession, I looked up how to get your children not to do something. And it was the time when they talked about natural consequences. Oh, yeah, okay. So what, I'm, what, I'm back with you. What again. was the consequence of me leaving my socks around? No, then? so I, we took up that theory, mm-hmm. and we did not say anything. I did not yell. I just let him do it. Oh, I remember now. I remember. And this, the yes. natural consequence, the book <laughs> said, yep. the child would eventually learn <laughs> that this behavior was not working. Well, because I ran out of a socks. Exactly. That was the consequence. Because there were 30 pairs of socks around the house. That was a true story. So, did it work? No. (laughs) Because then I'd wash these 30 pairs of socks and it happened all over again. But but you might be surprised to know that my wife has the same complaint. I must admit, I have discussed this issue with her. Oh, wow. And I want you to know. That she originally thought it was my fault so, and did not uh, understand. Uh, <laughs> you tried to fix the problem. That I tried really hard to fix the problem. All right, can we get and off this? Now I'm enjoying this. It was now her problem. All right, can we get off this subject? Because, you know, <laughs> I do, do have s- any underwear I stories. I do some things right, and I don't leave my underwear around the house. So, okay. So, so it's a special event, guys. <laughs> So the special event, so Uh, mom, Joe, can you guess what is considered the most serious economic effect of drinking? Uh, Fran, you got any ideas? Yeah, that's a serious question. Yeah, what's the most serious economic effect of drinking? People, well, that's interesting. Economically, I would say um, loss of hours at work and also the kind of work that a person is doing emotionally i would say what it does to the family process sure that's important but it's actually shopping online while intoxicated <gasps> it does is, is it are you saying this is good no economically it's not or bad well, bad economically, economically unless you own, pro- you own products <laughs> that people buy from you wait 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 what's that okay i need to know the resource the, that's not the research i'm the gonna research tell you on this one yes. so recently yes. the publication Bored Panda, you can look it up, it's a real publication. Oh, that sounds legit. (laughs) (laughs) Compiled statistically, the worst, most senseless item categories typically purchased online after drinking too much wine. 
Hmm. And these problem purchases are often later regretted the following day. <laughs> like a horse mask. Yes. I have an example. <laughs> Mom, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just talk. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 <laughs> this is radio, right? Yes, okay. right ahead. <laughs> I, I didn't raise my hand. Okay. I was, I was at a, a cabin that we have, oh, yeah. and uh. I... No, don't know the need to know the details, but I needed some time off, and I was there overnight, and I was had a glass and a bottle of wine, and I was watching um, public television. Okay. Public television. It was a good station, and they were advertising the um, music from the. 50s sorry okay. guys but it was the 50s good yeah great and music. i was reliving every moment of it and then nice. the person came on and said for so much money you can buy the cassettes okay and i had no idea what the amount of money was at that point but i thought oh, after I a few glasses uh, of wine now yeah, you're talking what a great idea so you have fell victim to this worldwide problem mom yes and i got on the phone and i got my credit card and i do not exaggerate it must have been two at least two months later it came in the mail <laughs> and i'm got eight cassettes <laughs> <laughs> and i'm looking at them and going where did all of these cassettes come from? <laughs> right. So, at least now in today's age, your mistake arrives on your doorstep the next day with free two-day shipping or whatever. So, Mom is a perfect guest for this. So, let's talk about the first category of items that people... We're going to go from the... from First the, type of item, cassettes. Well, actually, the first... We're going to get to the most, but the, the first category of items we're going to talk about number six and we'll go back to number one okay is items for your pet that's the sixth most popular category of items to purchase of regretted purchases of regretted purchases huh. once you are intoxicated with wine and you purchase something online because you feel like it was a good thing to do for example uh maybe a dinosaur hat for your dog like that one mom <laughs> or um so you know excuse you, me were cats in this well and also socks for your uh, ca uh cat or dog okay. that's another so cats hate socks well this is something that people buy wow or little top hats for your animals like frogs that people buy wait a top hat for your frog yeah so like you are showing these to us right now yeah yeah so like that's top hats for dogs and dinosaur hats yeah that's completely uh right. a waste of money i'm having trouble with the um Science of the research project. Board, Me too. Board Panda is pretty well known in some areas of the internet, Mom. How many people have frogs? More than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have. All right. Whether or not this research uh, has been peer reviewed, yes. Uh, I do know that people spend a lot of money on their pets. And more so after they've consumed wine. I bet so. The fifth category. I've got a great idea. <laughs> Again, Mom, no reason to re raise, raise your hand. hand over oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, you is, just chime right in. This is brilliant. <laughs> a combination bar pet shop. Oh, well, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's a she good idea. She is printing gold right here, Mark. I know, Mom. Well, you, Wine and 
Come you, up, guys. What's, well, you just you it. just said your great idea on air, so now someone's going to steal it. You're right. Sorry. Oh boy. What's the dog? It's a Weimarander. Yeah. Wine. How do you say it? Sure. Could well, we could, could, could we use the word wine with that somehow? Wine and wine man. Uh, we don't even know how to say the <laughs> word. We're wine people. We're not we're not dog people, even yeah. though we kind of are dog we people. Are not the dog fellers. So number five, <laughs> the category number f- the of uh, the fifth. Uh, most popular thing to buy when you've drunk too much wine and you're online <laughs> is, is items with animals or people printed on them. <laughs> yes. So animal, so you know, like anything with an animal or person printed on it, like a giant shower curtain, like a cat shower curtain. So, you know, there's, a shat, there's a there's a cat shower. <laughs> like curtain. having your own picture printed on something big, or like a like a like a a, a dad bod. Towel, oh, please. Or uh, like um, like a like a chimpanzee artwork or, you know, things like that. Or uh, or oh, a very popular. Oh, yeah. Oh. So that's a T-shirt. What am I seeing? It's there? a T-shirt that is on the T-shirt is a printed oh, no. hairy chest of somebody else. It's a flesh-colored T-shirt. It's a little offensive. I'm with, sorry. Well, it's yeah, a hairy that's chest. A little, of, that's what people buy. Little. Or like a giant cutout of Danny. Uh, what's his name? Let, let's, let's slide it over here. Oh, you, you clicked on something. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Well, let me see. A giant uh, cutout of... Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Oh, Thank he looks much, weird uh, in two dimensions. So these are things that so people very... It's very popular. He looks taller in 2D. Does he? Yeah. I don't know how tall he is. So have you ever done that sort of thing, Mom? Bought like, you know... No, I was close. Okay. It was a kid video. <laughs> see? A kid she video? A cat video. Cat she, video. She uh, and, and Dad used to uh, have a cat for many years, and they loved their cat very much. And so, you, what was this cat video of, Mom? Well, it wasn't for me. It was for the cat. Our cat was Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Mark, do you think I would buy a cat video for myself? You're right, Mom. Buying a cat video Please. for the cat does make more sense. Of, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh. what was this cat oh. video? It was, oh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> it you guys show, are just killing me. Really, it's a series. <sighs> it would show. Oh, it's a series, even. Like a, a mouse in with, <laughs> in a beautiful setting, oh, gosh. and the mouse would move around, and your cat supposedly would be looking at the screen and be just mystified <laughs> about this mouse. And um, I have to say, your father was not encouraged me not to do that. Why? I don't know. I think he has a different kind of um, mind than I do. He's somewhat, he works on um, things that are logical, and that didn't seem to connect but, with him. <laughs> but, but, but more importantly, what, what did, how did Sam react, the cat, to the video? I didn't buy it. What I did do oh, okay. is that you can online bring these cat videos up yes. for cats. And I did, and I got him on the floor, and I put the video in front of him. Okay. And, of course, he walked away. So I decided, well, I'll try a different, uh-huh. different <laughs> cat video. Right. So I went through about a few dozen, and none of him... A few dozen? Of, there are many cat videos for cats online, wow. just in case your listeners don't know that. <laughs> they do now, Mom. <laughs> so that's, that's excellent. So And, and so because of uh, that, I... Searched and made a decision before I bought it and decided, well, if it's not working online, it ain't going to work when I bought a cat video. Well, that is some dedicated research. That really is. We've learned a lot. So number four. All right. The number four most popular category of things to buy when you've had too much wine online is live pets. 
Oh, really? Yeah, like a potbelly pigs, puppies, scorpions, you name it. No. That, that doesn't sound right. Okay. No. So the number three most popular thing to buy when you've had too much wine, the category, is is food. You like usually too much of it or in unusual methods or quantities. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see people doing yeah. that. Yeah. If I w- Especially, if I w- excuse me, don't take it personally, this generation. Because Ooh. they don't cook and so this looks cool sure yeah that makes sense so for they use an example like so one person they said they ordered domino's pizza online and then the special instructions section asked the driver to swing by mcdonald's for a mcrib oh wow mm. can you do that well evidently they got a pizza and a mcrib and that's something you do evidently when you've had too much to drink <laughs> <laughs> you think online <laughs> so other examples include Ordering eight pounds of breakfast cereal marshmallows. <laughs> just the marshmallows. Just the marshmallows. See, there's a you pic- can do that? There's a picture. So you can wow. order that. Yeah, I learned that myself. Uh, you can also order uh, 11.5 pounds of cheese or even a box of three. Hold on, show that to me. What does 11 pounds of cheese exactly. look like? Exactly. See, there is the point. Yeah. What's Nobody that? knows what 11 <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's 11 pounds, sir. Yeah, right, it looks good yeah. to me. <laughs> well, you order it and you put it on a scale. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like so much cheese, you got to weigh yourself without it first. Right. And then pick it up and stand on the scale again. Uh, sir, this is 11.4 pounds of cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be hungry. <laughs> yes. So I guess, mom, you haven't ordered cheese in a large quantity. No, I distrust the measurements. Do you, yes. mom? Can be kind of. I that would way. too. Anyone selling like more cheese than you could possibly weigh <laughs> accurately? Yes. No. Who's right. selling 11.5 pounds of cheese? I don't. Well, you. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> so you can also somewhere out there someone is making a living off of selling large quantities of cheese i love that it's not like you could just buy 11 one pound packages of cheese like they normally come in, yes but it's right? not 11.5 i know uh-huh. and so like and so yes. someone's like someone's in that gray area there between selling the retail pound package and the like surplus uh, uh like tonnage on a ship uh, amounts of cheese someone's filled that niche in there for the people who need 10 pounds or 11 pounds yes if you need 12 pounds of cheese come and see me so i, I found this online so the funny thing is, is they don't even tell you what kind of cheese so i guess i guess <laughs> you're if you're right. ordering Just 11 oh, <laughs> Just, if, you're, if you're ordering 11 and a half pounds of cheese you don't care <laughs> It's cheese. Does it matter what kind of did you just it's give me cra- the cheese? Yeah. It's craft pasteurized. Uh, how cheese, much? Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm all about quantity. Yeah. <laughs> Do so, you think someone ordering eleven pounds of cheese is gonna care? <laughs> no. And then someone talked about they ordered a box. This is all online. You can order these yourself, I guess on Amazon. Uh, a box of three thousand communion wafers. Three thousand communion. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you're running a big operation, <laughs> yes, and you're intoxicated. going through a lot of you're you're a pastor or whatever, and you're intoxicated before the night of your. <laughs> I don't know. So it's a lot of communion yeah. wafers. My genetic heritage cannot process that. Me, well, mine either, but that's okay. You know, we uh, we are a very diverse bunch here. That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the second, the second highest category of things to purchase when you are intoxicated mm. with wine online. Please let it be something with cheese again. Uh, no, it was close. Any, this is true. 
uh, you know, from Panda, Board Panda. Uh, <laughs> number two, any and all items with unicorns on them. No. Yeah. Really? Y- unicorn yeah. wallpaper, unicorn costumes, unicorn drinking bottles, and even unicorn duct tape. So here it comes. He's turning it around. Sure enough, there's a unicorn really? duct tape. Yes. So pe- I know we aren't supposed to discuss other podcasts. Oh, sure we can. But this American one. Life had a podcast about things that you believed as a child and didn't understand that they were true as a grown-up. Okay. And one of them was unicorns. Oh, you believed in unicorns when you were younger. No, not me. But they did interview many people who were just astonished when they were older to find out. I'm Aww. sorry to I'm sorry to bring this up. There no, are no unicorns. Well, well there goes half our listeners. Consider this I know, a spoiler. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> well, well. I, you know, I, I was one of those kids too. You believe in unicorns? Well, I, I just thought, like, why on earth would these grown-ups invent a fictitious animal <laughs> that doesn't exist? You're right. I mean, like, well, how did Santa Claus work for you? Kind of the same way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, ev- everything that was made up, right, and turned out not to be real. I mean, you you don't need to invent an animal like a unicorn to s- make some crazy animal up. We've got the platypus. Right. We've got the giraffe. Manatee. I mean, these are crazy animals. They could just, you know, it's like what if someone, have you ever seen a, a real uh, platypus, Mark? Um, well, just say no for the sake of like, this argument. I have argument. not seen <laughs> Okay, great. Good. So this is going to work perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. So, if it, how would you react if someone came to you and told you that platypuses are the is that right? platypus eye? I think platypus eye, <laughs> Mark. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> if I was to tell you that these animals no longer or didn't exist, you would feel a bit strange. I would maybe think that there was no reason like, worth living at that point. Yep. And like what else has been a lie? Right. What else do I what else has someone taught me that's not true? Does Australia really exist? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so the number one category Number one, drum roll. Well, they just call it general stupid stuff. <laughs> that did not deserve a drum roll. <laughs> well, that's just I guess stuff that just people purchase and they go in just weird, you know, this is things that people bought. So, for example, um, when people have had too much wine and they've purchased things online, they've purchased weird things. Uh, this is here's some examples. Uh, an anchor. Here's a picture of an anchor that somebody uh, purchased while. <laughs> that's uh, like that's a grappling hook. Oh well, they call it an anchor. Oh, that's boy. You seem to know your difference. I oh. mean, uh, yeah, I don't know uh, that, that. I don't uh, know what that is. Uh, another thing not. someone's purchased is a goldfish walker. What? Oh. So, oh. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that nice? So if you if you own goldfish oh. like we do, and you'd like to walk them like you walk your other pets, <laughs> it's a bowl. That that is on a table, and the table is on wheels, and you can uh, drag it around by a leash around your neighborhood. And it's got all the shock absorbers and everything. It's going to mm-hmm. keep little Goldie just safe and sound. Yes. Now I don't know how you might look in your neighborhood walking your fish, <laughs> <laughs> but these are is things. The top is the top open. Uh, yeah, in this case, the top is open. I mean, how will your so if a dog came by and decided he wanted some water, he could. Slurp the goldfish. Huh. That's it's nice, but I mean that could be a problem. It could be a problem. Yeah, th- there is there are design flaws to this. I do yeah. see. And uh, <laughs> the other things pe- people have purchased are uh, DVD rewinders. Have you seen these? No. no. 
So, oh my god! If you finished your DVD and you want to rewind it, uh, you put uh, it in this little gizmo. Wow! Rewind wow. it. Wow! It is interesting. I'm assuming if I have to explain that to our audience, then <laughs> it really is something you can buy, which is kind of funny. A walking. I want to buy one, Mark. We should. It's funny. You yeah. can buy a walking sleeping bag. <laughs> Show me that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, ex- that's just disturbing. That's good for yeah, but it Try is ex- good for our, the homeless. Explain to our audience, oh, <laughs> Explain to our audience what a what a walking sleeping bag is. <laughs> what well, is from here here it looks basically like a. Uh, uh, one of those mummy sleeping bags. Right. You put it up over your head there. Right. And it just, uh, around the groin area, just splits into two little sleeping bags so you for can, your legs. So you can walk. So, yeah. As mom but su- no arms. As mom suggests, I guess this cures the homeless problem. <laughs> yeah, but, but, Mark, <laughs> but, Mark, there's your arms are, like, zipped up inside of this thing, so... Well, you know, of course, it's a sleeping bag. I mean, if you trip and fall on this thing, man, you are just eating it. <laughs> you probably should walk around <laughs> yeah. in your sleeping well, bag. And why not make arms? And then it's just a, then it's just like a snowsuit. Well, then it, yeah, but like it, it's basically it all the well, snowsuit but rejects. Then it wouldn't be a home. I mean, a homeless. <laughs> would be a homeless sleeping bag. <laughs> I love the fact that it doesn't have arms. Makes it a homeless sleeping bag. Right, exactly. it had arms. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like a dignified piece of clothing. If it had arms, it would be a unitard. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, uh, so, um, oh, that's a good one. That's very good, Mom. And then let's see what else people have purchased. Oh, the last one is a is a collection of ten two dollar bills for twelve ninety nine. <laughs> that, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Plus tax. Well, they, um, they might charge for shipping. See, there you can actually go online on Amazon and buy ten two dollar bills for twelve ninety. Wow! Oh, wow! Someone is uh, someone's gonna make millions. There. Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. So that is a really interesting way to make uh, money, and this is something that falls <laughs> under the category of things pur- people have purchased when they have consumed too much wine. And um, they've gone online. So, Mom, thank you so much. Will you promise to come on yeah, our show again? I, I, I don't want it to end. Anytime I think you've been our best guest ever. Anytime the hurricane comes through and my flight is delayed, <laughs> I'm on. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies Change and change and sway But they still stay the same The songs that we sung when the dark days come Are the songs that we sung when we chased them away If I ever found a pot of gold I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play To play that old rusty 
WHUP 